Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of Project Tahiti. That's a magical place. I'm one of your hosts, Jess, and I'm joined by your other host, Jared. What's up? Hello. Do you like the title of this episode? Hot Potato Soup. <laughs> yeah, like... <laughs> <laughs> It, it I, makes I, sense. <laughs> it does. It's a little weird, but it I do. I, what is the soup part? Is it like everybody gets mixed up? It's just not. I was I trying to like figure out. Honestly, also- <laughs> I think my my the way I was going with it was potato. The direct reference to a plot thing that they even describe as that. Uh, but I was sort of thinking because of the uh, Koenig brothers. That it was a reference maybe to duck soup and uh, what do you call it? The Marx Brothers. Oh, yeah, I can see that. (laughs) Very interesting. One of the more interesting titles, I feel. Um, Before we get started, we are a part of the But Why Though podcast community. So be sure to check them out on Twitter at But Why Though PC and their website, But Why Though Podcast.com. We are super proud to be a part of their community. So this is season four, episode 12, titled Hot Potato Soup, <laughs> where they play hot potato with the dark holds. <laughs> at, least, at least soup isn't an acronym. <laughs> I know, God. <laughs> Although that would be maybe the funniest episode <laughs> title ever. <laughs> Throw that in there. Um, this episode was written by Craig Titley, directed by Nina Lopez-Corrado, which I think she's new. I don't think I've seen her name before. I don't cool. remember either. Um, originally aired January 31st. 2017. So this is a Koenig brother episode, Koenig family episode, excuse me. Yes, true. Um, which is very exciting. So yeah, we, we meet all five of them. Well, I mean, <laughs> one is posthumous because Eric is is dead. Did. Um, so the Koenig brother, Sam and Billy, are in an arcade and they're throwing these Star Wars references back and forth and they're being very silly. And are, are they on hoverboards or Yeah, they <laughs> are on hoverboards. I forgot about that. <laughs> They're just yeah, like spinning of- around each other in hoverboards <laughs> at an, an arcade. Obi Wan, you're my only hope. <laughs> well, and they're they're mostly Star Wars, but one of them was where where we're going. We don't need roads, and I think it yeah, was one yeah. too. So there's at least Back to the Future, and I think one other pop culture thing. Yeah. Like, they're, like they're just randomly <laughs> quote jousting, I guess. Yeah. Perhaps like physically jousting on these uh, the hoverboards. I'm not really sure sure the exercise they're doing, but they seem to be having fun at the arcade. Yes. And one of them falls off the hoverboard and he's like, you just got to practice, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but they are being hunted by Russians and the Russians think they're just coming for one guy, Billy Koenig. But little do they know, there are two of them. So they run after each brother and they're like, oh, I've got him. He's like, no, I've got him. <laughs> he's behind the bar. No, he's in the arcade. Um, so Sam is behind the bar. Billy is in the arcade. Um, they come for Sam, they start shooting at him, Sam shoots back and then he hides and he's like, oh no. But then Billy comes to the rescue, comes up behind the guy and hits him with a bat and then he runs off, but he gets captured by the watchdogs. And so they have a Koenig brother and Sam calls Coulson, agent Koenig has been captured and, and yeah, (laughs) on the Zephyr, um, Coulson says, oh, they're after Billy, because I gave him the dark hold for safekeeping, and he suspects that Radcliffe is now working with Nadir. Because how else would he would would the watchdogs have found out that information? Well, and, um, and the, the when he did call it in, he said, "This is Agent Kane. Yeah. <laughs> Agent Kane has been captured." 
just, the, the, the seriousness with, with which Pat Oswalt is forced to deliver all of his lines in this episode, it like kind of makes the episode for me. It really does. Everything he says, like 70 to 80% of it is the silliest crap. <laughs> like, but he says it with the, with the utmost seriousness. He's Agent Koenig. He has to be very serious. <laughs> oh, it's, it's pretty great. Oh God. Um, so uh, I'm I'm a little confused on how Radcliffe would know that one of the Koenig brothers has the dark. Yeah, I don't I quite understand that. Maybe because he had access to their systems and stuff through May. I'm thinking through the oh, May bot. Maybe that's my guess. May knew. Mm. They don't know May as a. Ro- oh, do they know? They don't know May as a robot yet. No, they don't. Huh. I don't remember because he kind of goes through like a line of reasoning, like why. Yeah, I can't know, remember. But... I can't remember how he would know either now. Like it does feel really weird, but you're like, like it, just just reading it in one sentence, like, like, like wait, I, I can't you... remember how he got to that logic, and I just watched that episode, so I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember. Anyway, whatever. Um. So meanwhile, Fitz is working on the LMD Radcliffe, trying to get him to spill all his secrets, and he doesn't want to talk. And then Mac and Gemma show up and Mac has his shotgun axe and he's like, well, we will make you talk. And um, he's like, he's the rat. He wants, they want to know where the real Radcliffe is. And he's like, I don't know where I am. I mean, I don't know where Radcliffe is. <laughs> like, <laughs> He'd be walking the dog or getting groceries. <laughs> like, yeah, he's just being ridiculous, which I feel like um, John Hanna maybe improved some of these lines. I don't know. Like his, his dialogue is, is really great as, as wrote LMD Radcliffe. Um, in this episode. Um, so now we go to another scene where the real Radcliffe and Billy are in a room together and um, Billy is like, I'll never talk. You'll have to kill me. Blah, blah, blah. And Ruff is like, no, no, no. <laughs> no, no. I'm not ready to die. Like, please don't kill us. Radcliffe is pretending to be tied up and being held as hostage as well. Um, and the watchdog guy um, who's being scary, uh, he, you know, he's all, he tries to scare them and then he leaves. And then Billy's like, oh, my God, I can't do this. It's so bad. <laughs> please don't let me die. And then Radcliffe's like, I'm sorry. It's my fault that we're here. Well, like, and, and right before he says he can't he, uh, that he can't do this, the last thing he shouts out as Radcliffe is like saying he didn't want to die. <clears throat> he says, you know. Do, do do your worst. I was built for this, which is oh, the first God, yeah. in, I believe, a bajillion someone in this is is a robot. And, like, and it's like you mentioned in the previous episode, a lot of robot references are being thrown out a lot in general. And programming comes up a couple of times outside of them. But specifically the Koenigs, this is the beginning <laughs> of the robot puns and hints and jokes. Uh, and it so does good. not stop. I love it so much. <laughs> this episode is really like it's kind of a more lighthearted episode in kind of a dark portion of the season i feel like well and they do a good job <laughs> where it feels organic within the season like it doesn't uh, yeah. and, and it doesn't like it's still dark stuff happening it's still serious stuff happening and yeah. it doesn't mess up the momentum but it, it they managed to make make it like a comedy relief episode in the middle of everything and mix yeah. it in well enough it's like it's like when uh, uh parents like hide their vegetables in the food for kids <laughs> oh, i feel like they snuck in the comedy even with everything else oh that's funny i like that i like that analogy <laughs> i just like uh, it too because the comedy is the thing we need <laughs> <I know. laughs> it's like, it's a healthy thing we want to be sad but they're not letting us be too sad um 
So Sam comes on board the Zephyr to report to Coulson what happened. And he says, oh, I found the Humvee that they took him away in. And they either evaporated into thin air or dove into the sea. And oh, guess what? They actually did dive into the sea because they are in a submarine. (laughs) So the Russian guys are in the submarine. They are intent on torture. They walk into the room. They bring in this case. They set it down on this table. And they also bring an onion and put it on the table. And Radcliffe and Bill are like, what the fuck? is going on <laughs> why is there <laughs> and another russian guy comes in and he peels the onion and he starts talking about torture and he's like i will peel you peace you know blah 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 as he peels as he peels the onion he's like i will peel away your skin whatever i don't remember what he says and then he opens the case and he takes out a bottle of clear liquid and he pours some of the liquid into a test tube and drinks it and then he smells the onion <laughs> and apparently it's vodka and he's like this is the old way that we the onion enhances the flavor or something or enhances the experience or something and he makes this big villain monologue about how you know human man is the superior machine and you know everybody relies on software when hardware is where it's at and the submarine is like old old cold war hardware it's it's survived beyond what anything else has and blah blah, and he blah. also like throw shade at like flavored vodkas in the middle yes! of it all. Like, 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 like put it, vanilla in it it's really amazing like that, that they manage it, it it basically sounds like an old white guy who's afraid of change yes <laughs> like, the fact that the secret leader of the watchdogs we find out this is the superior like yeah. i guess that does make sense also also, I'd like to backtrack one second. The secret leader of the watchdogs is a Russian. So the alt-right <laughs> hate group oh, in God. the U.S. is being controlled by Russians. Did they know? They wrote this <laughs> before all that shit came out. So yeah, they, they had to have written this shit like six months before that started to hit the news cycle. Yeah. So like, who are the who are the government contacts and agents of Shield? I was going to say somebody in ABC or at you know in within Marvel knows something that nobody I was else. Say, knows. I guess <laughs> Disney, like those guys, are all friends with uh, with Trump. <laughs> it's gross. It's gross. Trump calls him up. Hey, I want you to put some subversive plot into your one of your ABC Make shows. Make sure people know that, that uh, <laughs> Russians are cool. I, like, like, I don't care if they're the bad guys, but they got to look cool. <laughs> oh, my God. Have them drink vodka with onions. Um, so, yeah, he has this whole speech and then he goes and he's like, I'll get answers out of you. And he goes to cut out Billy's eye because he breaks one of he breaks the glass of the the test tube and grab was like okay nope you said you wouldn't hurt him i can't do this and it was all an act he he just unties himself and he's like i will get into billy's head it's fine we'll do it my way so meanwhile lmd radcliffe is getting hooked up to a computer and he just gets plugged in in his back which i'm like wouldn't if doesn't may have like wouldn't may have a plug and be confused by this plug like what is happening? <laughs> well, <it's> good, <laughs> like, yeah like maybe or her her model is different right <laughs> well either that or maybe they're maybe it's like under the skin and like that you know like like they, they open to, a flap and it's <laughs> well or, or they have to cut a hole and then oh, and, and, and can plug in handily as a usb <laughs> input so crazy so yeah, he's the fact that they in. have a cable, the fact that they have a cable like available, I guess it makes that, sense. That actually, does since they were studying? Yeah, since they were studying Ada, but I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> it's, it's definitely weird. weird. So they hook him up to a computer and they try to pull up his code, and his code is insanely advanced. And Fitz is like, "I can't do this. I don't know how to. I don't know how to. I don't know how to look at this." And well, honestly, so- when the code pops up, it's like this three D like cylinder of text and yeah. then around it are a bunch of walls of text like rotating mm-hmm. and 
I, I immediately thought that shit looks like Darkhold shit. And mm-hmm. then, yeah, like, then we have it somewhat confirmed because yeah, Radcliffe's head starts like shouting out shit straight from the exorcist. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, yeah, was he speaking like Latin or some I, shit? Like it sounded yeah. like he was Latin, right? Dude, yeah, he starts going crazy, and then Gemma is like, "Where's Daisy when you need her to like come?" Not that she could hack this code either, because it's but just another not hacker. Of this, yeah, not of this world. Having <laughs> an, a third computer expert and one who is an expert specifically in hacking might be yeah. helpful, even yeah. though it was beyond all their kin. I think at the same time, and and Mac had the best line when he starts doing the gibberish. He's like, "Only the worst a robot is a possessed robot." <laughs> <laughs> Mac is very anti-robot. I, he he so hates robots anti- so much. I love it. He's Sarah Connor. It's perfect. He hates robots more than aliens at this point, and I think that's hilarious. He really hates aliens. <laughs> he does. I feel like though Daisy and Coulson have both like softened him, like because you know Coulson's yeah. blood's still cool, <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and kind of Daisy's alien. all right. Yeah. yeah. Um, so Daisy and Sam are looking at the footage from the arcade and, uh, Sam starts talking about how Billy ran and he's trying to convince Daisy that that's Billy. And she's like, no, that's, that's, that's you that ran. Like, ah, like, that's literally you behind the bar. Some, some glitch in the footage. Cause yeah. I don't think she's that's, like, no, that's possible. No, no, you're wearing the exact same outfit. Like <laughs> yeah, that was you. That's so funny. <laughs> Like he doesn't flinch in his denial, but she does not let him get away with it. It's great. Well, I also, feel like I he's... just <laughs> go ahead. I was say I just realized that we should really respect the growth and uh, and maturity that Max shows in spite of his prejudices and inborn biases because uh, he is friends with Colson, who has Cree blood and a robot arm. <laughs> oh wow! <laughs> so, I didn't even think about that. You're right. <laughs> he's part alien and part robot. <laughs> Coulson is eventually, all the world. <laughs> eventually he dates a part robot woman. Oh you know? no. So like he definitely he's capable of growth. <laughs> oh God. Yo yo. So it's such a weird show. I know. Um I like how like Sam clearly is used to people confusing him and Billy, like and are so weirded out by it by it that he tries to use this against Billy. He's just like, <laughs> no, like that's not it. <laughs> like it's just <laughs> But you do get the vibe that they use this to their advantage. All, all the, the time, time. Yeah. like they don't even they don't skip a beat yeah. and it probably been like that their whole lives and you when you think that there were four identical brothers and one si- well, poor sister because uh, <laughs> he does it's in when we first meet uh sam i think that he says that there's actually five of them and they were like there's two of you and he's like no five yeah. <laughs> so uh, like yeah, like I, mac is the one who's like oh no it's trip that's like weirded out by them oh that was so go oh yeah oh man <laughs> i missed trip oh and we get a we get trip back briefly oh my god oh, fuck i forgot about that too. my heart <laughs> oh, my heart. oh god this show's so good uh but yeah no um there you go <laughs> um so may is talking to colson and she's like why'd you give the dark hole to billy why didn't you give it to me <laughs> Which is like, huh, that's very suspicious. The reason why she would ask that. And he's like, well, I didn't want to get put you in danger because now look, like, B- Billy has been captured. Like, this could have been you. It's like, yeah, but where's that dark one? <laughs> like, she's very, like, I should have had it. She's very focused. <laughs> she is, but she doesn't know why she's focused. Um, So uh, during this conversation, Daisy gets finally sees a face in the um, 
in the footage in the arcade that she can run facial recognition on so they can find some link to these Russian dudes. Um, so she runs that. Meanwhile, Billy is being hooked up to one of Radcliffe's machines so he can map his mind, which is fucking terrifying. Uh, and the Russian guy, apparently he wants to get rid of all the Inhumans because, you know, whatever. And Radcliffe's like, uh, I want a better world. And the Russian guy's like, yeah, so do I. <laughs> we well, want this, the same thing. Is this the moment or is it later when he explains It's why? later when he explains why. Yeah. <coughs> it's bullshit then. <laughs> yeah. But. I like how you start coughing and you say it's bullshit. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Well-timed. <laughs> um, I'll keep the coughing in. <laughs> right? <laughs> I, I won't edit that out. Uh, so Daisy slash Quake and Sam are looking at the facial recognition stuff. And Sam is like super starstruck by her. He's like, wow, I can't believe I'm sitting next to Agent It's Quake. so funny. And she's like, why are you weird? Like we've known each other for three years. He's like, yeah, but I knew Sky. You're Daisy Johnson. You're Quake. And he's like, do you know about all the fan fiction that's out there about you? You should read it. Wait, maybe you shouldn't read it. Because there's a lot of like fan fiction between you and Black Widow. Yeah, yeah not that I've read it. you and Black Widow. He's like, <laughs> not that i've read it <laughs> and daisy's just like okay whatever um, and then she finds who the guy is that they ran recognition on and apparently the guy is connected to nadir who is connected to the russian guy that grabbed hunter and bobby who was also attacked by an inhuman so essentially they are all very anti-inhuman and then this is goes very deep and it's very bad um i did like how they connected this to hunter and bobby so it didn't seem like that was an entirely wasted disappearance of their characters <sighs> even though i'm still kind of bitter about that but anyway sam is like well they want the dark hole to get rid of the inhumans and colson's like what why do you know the about the dark hole and may is also like what they want the what what and it's <laughs> like like everybody's like what why do you know about this and why do they want to get rid of the inhumans and sam is like well don't worry like i had the dark hole billy gave it to me but it's secure now don't worry um Meanwhile, LMD Radcliffe is being ridiculous and just saying all kinds of crazy things. And Fitz is uh, starting to take out his anger on the LMD. And he's saying, you know, I was betrayed by Radcliffe and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, maybe maybe like I've just been betrayed my whole life. And um, LMD Radcliffe starts naming off people that have hurt Fitz, like Ward, his father. And, and Daisy, and when she left the whole team. Daisy, you, you, yeah. You, you, you. All betrayed. these people betrayed you and left you. And Fitz is starting to get riled up. And he's like, well, maybe I've been programmed by all these people. Or no, maybe Radcliffe says that. Yeah, Ra Radcliffe, Radcliffe says, Radcliffe says you've, been you've been programmed just by all these people to, to, to expect betrayal. And Yeah. And and Fitz is frustrated because he still can't crack this code. And Radcliffe's like, um, yeah, the, well, that's your father talking. And yeah, because apparently... he, he says I'll never do it. And he's like, oh, you know, I, I know your dad. <laughs> Dude, he know Rad real Radcliffe knew Fitz father or knows his father apparently they were classmates and they grew up in the same town because glasgow's not that big mate <laughs> um, which i mean it's sort of fair like it's right like, like how many geniuses are there in fucking Glasgow? like right? not to say there's a ton everywhere else but it's just not that populous you know yeah and so he starts to tell him he's like yeah i saw him a few months ago and he said he had he said something he wanted me to tell you and then fitz gets pissed and he goes and pulls the plug on radical <laughs> he's like i don't want to hear this which um, uh, a little bit later Simmons clears up exactly why that's like such a trigger for him dude but yeah that was oh that was a big like what I didn't remember that either um which explains why Radcliffe knew like all that stuff about like what Fitz's I guess pivotal point in his life was like we were kind of talking about last episode 
because it's like why would he know that <laughs> or like how would he know to program that program that into his framework thing unless Fitz talked to him about it you know what I mean well that's that is part of it though I think is when he's doing the mapping because like with May he didn't know about the Bahrain stuff I would think until he mapped her brain but then he would know everything I guess so, that's but, true but like you but it still takes an astute observer of the human condition to like to look at their whole life and be like this is the thing but you know what I mean like because mm-hmm. I mean a lot of people go to therapy and unload all their problems and it takes them decades for a pro- professional to be like oh no these are the things we need to work on but mm-hmm. but he he did it in an afternoon after making her brain <laughs> get her figured out maybe i just need my therapist to map my brain and things will go a lot quicker <laughs> if it's john hannah <laughs> right? i don't know if i want that <laughs> um so All Billy's of a brain, you like the mummy even more. Oh my <laughs> like, god! Why do you love the mummy so much. <laughs> and my favorite. No, that is not true. <laughs> Somehow it just switches. Um. <laughs> Whenever I watch it now, Rachel Weiss looks just like John Hannah. <laughs> oh some my reason. god! <laughs> <laughs> you just everyone. Which okay, I love that Rachel. Okay, I'm probably not going to see the new Black Widow movie, but I really love that Rachel Weiss is going to be in the MCU now because now we have now we just need Brendan Fraser. And we have the complete mummy cast. Well, I guess uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy who plays the Arab dude, who's oh, the, yeah. the actor uh, that I love, who's really attractive. Odin Fair. Thank you. He also needs to be in the MCU, and then oh, we can have yes. a whole mummy like reunion. I love that guy. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. Like, he's great. <laughs> he's great. Um, so Billy's brain is being hacked by Radcliffe and Radcliffe wants to know why the Russian hates Inhumans so much. And he doesn't like them because they didn't earn their power. They just got their power. Like they didn't have to go through anything. And he calls them unnatural, which is like kind of a lame uh, motivation. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel like, so what, like, are you mad at tall people? Yeah, because or they like didn't earn strong? their tallness. Well, yeah, like, like basically, like what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> it's, so, it's so fucking weird. And then he also wants to destroy the thing that brought them upon us, which he doesn't explain right away. We don't find out to the end of the episode what that is, which is also kind of a bullshit thing. Um, and then Billy's brain mapping is complete, and Radcliffe puts on the headset thing, and he gets to see what you know from billy's point of view his memories and he sees him building something and oh no it's a darth vader clock wrong memory <laughs> no that one was that made me laugh so hard the darth vader alarm like and it made me think that maybe the gold globe and the in uh, radcliffe's place in the previous episode was, was actually, a death star and the right? stuff they have around their office or something like maybe, but it, it made me laugh really hard because I, I knew it wasn't a bomb and at that point we knew he didn't have it so like yeah. I like it but it, it it does feel like weirdly like he is showing resistance like it's taking a long time to get the provenance of it you know to like yeah. go through every like it's it's impressive plus factoring into the moment you were talking about with Daisy uh calling out Sam <laughs> on, uh, <laughs> on it not being him she was like no no Billy is there you know like kicking ass and you're <laughs> hiding behind the bar so like, like it, it sort of makes it seem like of the remaining uh active agents that we know so far billy might be the the badass <laughs> billy might yeah. be the, the good agent <laughs> well and clearly they're used to messing with people so i feel like this is him like messing with radcliffe also no it is he's using that <laughs> skill <laughs> as an very agent. well <laughs> no it's i i love it so 
Sam tells Coulson that Billy gave him the dark hold, but he doesn't know where it is. And um, Sam and they're like, wait, wait, why don't you know where it is? He's like, well, I gave the dark hold to LT Koenig. And everybody's like, there's another one. <laughs> um, so um, Mac and Simmons are in the kitchen. I think they're talking about Fitz and Mac is like, dude, is everything okay? Like what's going on with like, what's up with Fitz's father? Like he's never talked about him before. And Simmons like, well, his father was not a good man. And he told Fitz that he was dumb and stupid and capable all the time. So, which is why I think he became who he is today. Um, and, and that he left when Fitz yeah. was 10 and he has not talked to him once since or reached out since. And that Fitz yeah. has just totally put him out of his life like he doesn't think about him or talk about him because it hurt him so much yeah which is the first time we've really heard anything this episode about Fitz's father i think i think so too but it, it it like i like it it's the kind of retroactive continuity kind of whatever that works perfectly because we didn't know anything about Fitz's past you know it, it just yeah. adds to his character all we knew is that he was an overachiever and this is like provides him a little context like Maybe school didn't come easy to him. Maybe he worked his ass off because he has this insecurity. That, that yeah, like it makes was, it makes him more told he sad. Wasn't good enough, yeah, I know. But also, I don't know. Anyway, we'll get to that in a few episodes. About well, yeah, no, it, it gets worse. <laughs> it makes it hard to feel bad for him. Too bad, anyway. I know. Um, so we're in a comedy club and Davis and Daisy are in the club looking for LT and Colson and May are in the car drinking tea <laughs> and they're being flirty and May starts to try to kiss Colson, but Daisy interrupts. She's like, Hey, and this time he actually seems like he's down. They like, were like going in for it. Like, <laughs> the and, and wasn't, there. wasn't he talking about retiring or something or taking a vacation so you can read you? Oh no, it's this later on. That's later, yeah. Yeah, it is. But but man, they, they do some they do some heavy flirting sessions this episode, yeah. for sure. The the, the tea do. stuff is uh it's steamy. Yes. <laughs> it seems that LMD May is really taking what uh, Radcliffe said to heart, and it's like, okay, I'm going for it, and she's doing it in a May way, I guess, because it's still going real slow. But, but it, it feels like it's really smart like manipulation from Radcliffe for sure that makes sense with what we know about May's character because like it's yeah. redirecting it like she she can't exercise control over her fate like and tell them who she is even though she wants to but this is something she can do and and yeah. it's something that she legitimately wants to do that isn't even part of her programming you know like like yeah. it's just from copying May which yeah. makes it like probably feel more true i don't know it's it's very interesting it's confusing. <laughs> it's interesting and it's confusing. No, like, and it's does, upsetting because they're, me they're messing with our emotions as viewers. <laughs> I know. And there's, okay, we'll get to a line that Radcliffe says in later in this episode. Um, but first, A. Koenig brother is doing some stand-up and he's talking. He's very, like, anti-government. He's very anti-shield, which is kind of funny. He's got, a, he's got a shirt that has like a no symbol, like the yeah. Ghostbuster symbol, but instead of a ghost or smoking, it's got a picture of a cartoon sheep. No, <laughs> no, no sheep. He thinks everybody is a sheep. He calls call people sheeple a lot yes, in this stand-up routine. <laughs> um, and then a woman walks up to Davis and like drop kicks him. And it, it, this is LT. And she's like, it's, why it's, are you all here? <laughs> and she's great. Yeah, and the, so the the dude that was doing stand-up, his name is Thurston, he walks up and he's like, what's going on? He starts like throwing a fit and Daisy just ices him because he won't shut up. And they take them all to the Zephyr for protection. And Thurston is very upset. He's like, 
I don't want to be with shield, blah, blah, blah. You're all sheep. And, um, and then the Koenigs all get together. Well, the ones that are on the ship, which is Sam, LT and Thurston. And they're having a little family feud. And LT is just like, you guys are, you guys are pussies, like blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and then Sam was like, come on, come on, bring it in, bring it in. Let's have a hug. And they, <laughs> they all have this very reluctant hug, which is clear that it, it's, it's funny. Cause it makes it seem like Sam does this all the time. He's like, come on guys, he's the peacekeeper. Um, Meanwhile, Daisy has a lead, and it's Ivanov, who is the Russian dude that likes to drink vodka with onions. Uh, and they find out that he has a submarine. Huh, imagine that. Very convenient. Um, and apparently, LT gave the Darkhold back to Billy, so they were just passing it around to keep it moving so that no one could find it. They were playing hot potato with it. It's in something called the Labyrinth, which only the Koenigs know its location. I find it weird that there's like this family uh, within <laughs> S.H.I.E.L.D. that's like the keeper of all the secrets like the well, secret they've bases got, they've got <laughs> like, their own classification like like <laughs> got at the same level so I just made it there yeah. <laughs> like, it's very bizarre it's so bizarre but it's kind of funny um i i enjoyed a lot so anyway the um billy took the the dark hole to the labyrinth and only the canings know its location but now radcliffe knows about it too because he watches billy and billy's memories go through uh, many doors with many codes to get to the vault. There's probably like five or six doors with codes. And it's really funny because Radcliffe keeps, he's like, Ada, remember these numbers. <laughs> <laughs> it just keeps going. Um, so he finally gets to the vault and he puts the dark hold in a drawer and it's in a briefcase. And so Radcliffe now knows where it is. And Ivanov is being a dick and he's like, I don't like any of this, this robot stuff. It's stupid. Like, I'm going to go interrogate him too, my way. And if we get the same answers, then we'll go after this. And Radcliffe, Radcliffe, Radcliffe is like, no, 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 we can't do this. And um, uh, Ivanov's guys grab Ada and they grab Radcliffe. And then Radcliffe kind of looks at Ada like, hey, do your thing. And so she kicks everybody's ass and uh, she, you know, uh, drops everybody. And Ivanov is like, what the fuck? You brought an inhuman on my submarine? And Radcliffe's like, no, she's a robot. And Ivanov seems kind of impressed, <laughs> which I guess he's just not into inhumans, but he's okay with robots. I'm not sure. Anyway, Fitz is very bothered by the Radcliffe stuff, the Ward stuff, the dad stuff. And he's like, look, it's all the same. It just keeps happening. I'm just like programmed to be betrayed. <laughs> like, and Gemma's like, look, you've been what's what's great about you is like you've been betrayed over and over and you could have put up a firewall she says because we're going with the robot lingo um but you didn't become closed off like you are still like an open person and willing to love and you know you're you can still create friendships and relationships with people despite everything that you've been through and that's why i love you um and something about what she says helps him figure something out and so mac plugs radcliffe in and starts chatting and he has this conversation with him like, hey, you're not a living thing. Like, you're just a machine. And Radcliffe's kind of like, well, what are you? Like, biology is just like, it, it doesn't make you human. It's just it's just software that programs you to be walking around and moving around. Right. But the, and, the way that Mac describes what makes him special is he has a soul. And he's like, it'll exist yeah. once. Uh, it'll it'll keep existing when my body's gone or whatever. He's like, if what makes you you exists outside of your body, he's like, why can't I have that? You know, like, yeah. why can't a robot have a soul? And it's a really good question. Like, it is. And it's a question that's like, like, I think bothered, you know, philosophers since the dawn of the robot age 
Well, which, for sure. Are since, we there yet? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, but I think like absolutely from the beginning, like with Asimov and whatnot, like the second that the idea of like uh, an automaton became more than just like a vague notion of something moving on its own, but like we've ascribed these rules and ideals and thought about the questions. It's like, this is why I've told you a few times, uh, I think you'd be interested in uh, Picard. I know that, that yeah, uh, right. part of the reason why it's so interesting to me is just like, it hits the buttons I'm most interested in, in sci-fi, like, because it's all about artificial beings trying to like find humanity. And Ooh. like, I don't know if it was Pinocchio that got me started or data on star Trek, maybe yeah. <laughs> I'm so little, <laughs> like, and, Honestly, around the same time that I discovered Data was when I got into comics, and like we talked about last ep uh, episode, uh, the Vision and Scarlet Witch, like the Vision was one of my favorite characters, and like because he was one of those guys who like was seeking emotion and seeking becoming more human, and mm -hmm. like there's something very interesting and kind of kind of like I don't know, it's not there's nothing noble about it, I don't think necessarily, mm -hmm. but there's just something like maybe just philosophical like it's like the best yeah. way to epitomize philosophy is to have a artificial character who's like how do i become human like yeah well and also like there's a huge debate in like the scientific and you know like especially like neuro in neurology and in psychology and philosophy about what is consciousness and like what is a soul is that what consciousness is and, you know like kind of where does where do you draw the line of like sentience and things like that and we're still kind of figuring that out. Like, we still don't know <laughs> what that means or what. Because it's like, is a cat sentient? Is it conscious? Is it making active decisions from memory? You know, is another, you know, or is a bacteria making conscious decisions? Or is it just, you know, moving off of whatever software its DNA is telling it to do? Or is that what we're doing? Like, where yeah, do you we draw just, that do line? Do we have an illusion <laughs> of consciousness? Yeah. Are we just, just pre-programmed things doing... Uh, you know, executing tasks that creates something that thinks it's aware. Like, it's yeah. Like what, where do you draw that line? And so um, it's funny too, because at the end of this conversation, Radcliffe is like, well, if you think I'm just a robot, why did you turn me on before Max you were shoot answer. me? Why didn't you just shoot me? <laughs> His answer is so good. What does he say? He says, is, I like to hear robots scream. <laughs> And that's that's when, uh, and right at that moment, he's about to shoot. He like he cocks that fucking uh, shotgun axe and has it pointed right at his head. And Fitz runs. He's like, "Back, no!" And and Fitz is like, "I have another way." And he says, "You know, Gemma said something to me. We are more than our programming." Um, and so they drill into Radcliffe's head and they look at his brain. And his brain is crazy looking. It's like this orange thing. It's the orange thing that Ada was creating in another episode that we saw. Yeah, when she when she mapped uh, <laughs> May's brain, it seems that that's what she was doing because like yeah. we didn't see the whole thing. But then we like like you said, we saw her like building a brain at the, yeah. it was the the end of like what like three or four episodes ago i think it was even more than that because i was like a, when colson and fitz were brought back through the portal oh yeah so that was that was maybe like five episodes ago yeah it was, it, was, it was a while yeah um so we go to the labyrinth which is a library <laughs> so and it's hidden behind a shelf in the library secret shelf door uh so may sam and colson go off to retrieve the dark hold and lt and daisy stay and they kind of bond over being badass which is kind of cool uh and sam goes in the secret door and he's like you guys have to wait here and so he leaves may and colson outside the door 
Uh, in the meantime, Fitz and Gemma are poking into Redcliffe's brain and Fitz says it's made out of light, but it's reacting like a real brain with synapses and all that kind of stuff. And Ada designed it and they call it a quantum brain. Well, and, um, and Mac asks, like, is that possible? And he's like, yeah. no. <laughs> <laughs> like he's very <laughs> fuck's going on. It's kind of awesome to see Fitz like so perturbed, but like immediately like trying yeah. to trying to like readjust his understanding new, his of new reality yeah <laughs> I, I, I love it because he's he's not what a lot of scientists are like like you work you know in this in in medicine in the scientific fields it's like so i think you probably have a lot of more access to just how medicine works and the medical field works but like it seems like as someone who's interested in it but not involved it's it, it, like in principle, absolutely, you should be constantly readjusting your schema with more information and whatnot. But yeah, like, but you have to. But you're supposed to be skeptical. You're supposed right. to like peer review is a thing for a reason right. because it, any, you, I mean, you have to know that, <laughs> that there's actually a reason to rewrite the rules of uh, of physics. Like you can't just yeah. do it on a, on a whim. But, but here, like, Fitz is looking something physically. Right. It is there in front of him, and he's like having to rewrite that like immediately on the fly yes. <laughs> he's like oh it's not possible but here it is right in front of me so i have to believe it you know yeah i i, I like I, I i feel like they play his charm like 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 as an actor and as a character oh, like yeah. right there like like, like his delivery is funny <laughs> even though it's very serious and whatnot um uh and and Gemma realizes looking at this brain she's like uh he's already mapped another brain he's already done this before and it was May's brain i watched him do it well no, and cuz they're they're talking to him, to him and he mentions that he says they're exactly like the uh, you know, these brains are exactly like their other she's like yeah. brains <laughs> like these brains yeah. like, oh. like like he fucked up because he is like Radcliffe and is yep. like, somewhat flawed and, yeah. and maybe a little bit monologue. Yeah, <laughs> but, uh, boastful. <laughs> but yeah, she uh, immediately, like you said, pieces that together with a very little clue is like, oh, yeah. wait, and, and figures out immediately who, yeah. the, who the second robot is. So uh, it's like that that second robot mystery was less than an episode for us with uh w w with him last time, and now for the the characters, it's like less than one second. I know. <laughs> like, like, to figure it out immediately. Uh, um, the beauty of uh television storytelling, right? Um, so Coulson and May are standing outside the shelves, and the Coulson's like making plans to go to Ireland. He's like, you know, I've always did. You ever read um? Ulysses like I've always wanted to go to Ireland and sit in a pub and contemplate life or whatever he says and and she's like well I could go with you and then they start getting all flirty again and he kisses her but it's not May and it's really upsetting and then LT runs in and interrupts and she's like we got company Billy's coming it's three dudes and Billy Sam runs out hands the dark hold to May but it's not May Coulson tries to take it from her and she pulls a gun on him and she's like no you can't have it. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Give me that. And she's like, I can't. Like, she physically cannot give the Darkhold to him because of her programming. And Coulson's like, okay, I knew it wasn't you. Where's the real May? And she says, I am the real May. I have everything that the real May has. Her memories, her thoughts, her desires. It is, I am the real May. And she goes to shoot Coulson, but Quasi, Quasi. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy Daisy jumps. <laughs> oh, Daisy jumps in and quakes her away. 
<laughs> feels like something that Talbot would call her. <laughs> Crazy Daisy. Um, and she knows May is a robot, thanks to Fitz and Simmons. They already raided her and like, May's a robot. Then the watchdogs and Billy show up and Coulson's like, here's the book to Billy. And he and uh, lets him go. Um, and as they go to grab it, Daisy quakes the book away and then they ice everybody, but there's more guys that come and then they take Daisy down with like some electric stick thing and LT just handles her shit. And then Billy finds LMD May on the ground where, where Quasi, Quasi Daisy knocked her down and he's like, here, take the book. Oh no, he doesn't know it's not May. (laughs) And then, uh, he runs off. Radcliffe shows up and he's like, Hey. Thank you for doing your job. You did it well. And he just takes it from her. And May's like, please take me with you. And he says, sorry, you weren't built to last and just leaves her there on the ground. When he made a reference, I think it was the beginning of this episode when talking. I thought it was this episode, this episode of the previous one, but he made a reference to Ada being built to last. Yeah, yeah. Which just made it feel super fucked up because like he told her all he, he told all this shit to LMD May about how she was the same as the real man, all this. It was clearly right. such manipulation because yep. in the end he's like, Oh, you you know, you had this one purpose and that's mm-hmm. it. It's so sad. It's really sad. Because she did have art in, independence, you know? Like Yeah. And it's weird that we feel sorry for her as LMD May that she was manipulated by a human when I don't know. This is very confusing. <laughs> Because she has everything May had except for this thing. Like it's essentially like a clone of May who had like brainwashing, you know, like, so it's hard. Like, I think it's because of this empathy that has been engendered in me with all this, all these fictitious robots over the years, you know, that that I've loved so much. Like, oh, oh, I figured out. I was, I, yeah, I just got, I, I went backwards in my own head, just got to the original. It's Johnny Five, which I cannot recommend short circuit and good conscience because it is the most egregious example of weirdly unchecked racism in my childhood. Like the fact yeah. that Fisher Stevens, 1000% Irish man, <laughs> known idiot who take Google Fisher Stevens, if you're not familiar with him and then remember what Michelle Pfeiffer looks like and remember that they were seriously together for oh, several years and then he cheated on her and left her <laughs> and oh God. so he is a known moron yeah. <laughs> but but he also played <laughs> in East Indian Man in both short circuits oh, he's the star in the second one. <laughs> he is other than that weird bullshit hateful thing it is a charming wonderful movie with Ali Sheedy and Steve Gutenberg about uh, AI having emotions and, and being a cute little robot buddy yeah. Like, like that one day, if I have a lot of money, I'm going to buy the rights to that. And now I'm not even going to remake it. I'm just going to digitally remove him. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm just going to redo the whole movie without him so I can rewatch oh it God. and enjoy it in peace and not feel like, oh, we're just the worst country. <laughs> like, we're the worst thing oh, ever. Because, like, like, it, like, it's straight up, it, it's, it's blackface. Like, there's oh, no. <laughs> It doesn't have the same, you know, cultural connotations, but it's the same thing, and it's it's massively fucked up. God, uh, it's the but worst. yeah, no, I, I I blame Johnny Five and his adorable um, Wally looking face, like he mm-hmm. had a face exactly like Wally. Yeah, uh, he did. Uh, for making me love robots so much, so that's why I like got 
pretty sad for Robot Bay, even though she just tried to kill Colson a bunch of right? times. Right? Like, she felt bad about it. You know? Yeah, and she's like, I can't give this to you. Please go. Like, I don't want to. Like she legit you. loves him and wants to retire to Ireland with him. If she can just get this magic book to the asshole. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. And Radcliffe's just an asshole. Such an no, because oh, it's so it's Sorry. so sad. Well, and like built to last. It's <laughs> it's like the alpha primitives, you know, before yeah. in a way with him. Yeah. Even like it's like when you're using living beings like as slaves, it's it's screwed up, and and they've they've really already blurred the line mm-hmm. for what uh, sentience is, like you said, like like for the show. Uh, and I think it's hard to argue that she was sentient, you know, or wasn't yeah. because of, of how they showed her like having self-awareness and questioning and like we have shit like that God, i have ocd i know what it's like to not be able to do something you want to do or have to do something you don't want to do like I, yeah. I know what it's like to feel like i have invasive programming so right yeah i, I can relate to that you can relate to lmd may this is i can't suck this is, this is, this is where, where this episode is ending up good god um Weird. This next scene is like <laughs> this next scene is one of my favorite parts of this episode. Um, I think we were talking about this at the beginning or off pod. I can't remember. Back on the Zephyr, the Canings are pissed because, like, oh, this got out of hand. It's all their fault. Like now, the Dark Hold is in the hands of an evil scientist. And um, Daisy says something about how the Canings were a part of the original LMD program, and Davis is like, as robots. <laughs> And, and they're so offended and like <laughs> laughing it off, like us robots, no, no. But like they've they've referred to being programmed, coming off an assembly line, being oh, built yeah. for this. Like throughout the episode, there've been know. so many hints, and I feel like it was just really leaning into that because, like, yeah. like we talked about when I we covered the not so much well both a comics connection and and just meta like fandom discussion when when they first appeared on the show and we covered it. Uh, there were fans who speculated that from the beginning because. Eric Koenig, the our deceased brother, who's the one who's uh, he's based on the character who was an original uh, Howling Commando and original founding mm-hmm. member of Shield. He was part of the Deltite conspiracy, that this LMD plotline where Shield was taken over by LMDs in the comics. So there was speculation from the beginning when they introduced him, and then immediately they introduced him with a twin. <laughs> like, 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 so they they were they really they played with the perception, and th- that feels like something that. Has been informed by by the fandom interaction, oh, which sure. like unless we end up with a big gorilla, uh, like clone of Fitz by the end of the series, <laughs> like I feel like that's the only the only way we could get any closer to it. Like, oh like but uh, you know, I loved it. Uh, it's it, so it good. Was well, very, I also love that. I don't know if it was Sam or Billy that says this, but when Davis is like, "Oh, as robots, they're like no S technicians, you idiot." Because like, <laughs> if it could be anything else, like they're not being. Uh, references to programming and assembly lines and shit like that. Well, and like, <laughs> why would like, like and no offense, but other than maybe being unassuming, why would you make an LMD of Patton Oswalt? <laughs> <laughs> why wouldn't you make one of Mac? Exactly. <laughs> like there's a reason why Mallory Jansen, it makes sense. Not just because, you know, she looks symmetrical and whatnot, but like you believe that she could kick people's asses. She's fit. Yeah. So, but yeah. like, same thing, Natalia Cordova Buckley <laughs> or yeah. Buckley Cordova, uh, uh, yeah. uh, Henry Simmons, like a lot of these people, uh, May makes perfect fucking sense oh, yeah. to duplicate. I yep. get it. Like, like I believe every one of those people could kick my ass, <laughs> but like, 
Patton you know, Oswald, nerdy. Patton Oswald, I'm pretty sure you could just push him over and run. <laughs> I, like, no, no. I like the guy. Seems nice. I don't think I would do that. But oh if push came to shove, I'm pretty sure he's center of gravity. He's going to knock him down. So, um, so they burn the LMD Ada and Radcliffe in some kind of why they have like a fucking like what do you call those things uh oh my god uh cremator thing like this oven Crem- a crematorium crematorium why they have that i don't know but yeah, this base has everything that they need apparently i'm assuming it's either like maybe this is the furnace under the bar yeah. <laughs> they, they exist under. perhaps it is the, there's the fire for the wood-fired pizza that i'm assuming the bar or for, the, for the for the boil the random boiler that they have in the bottom of the base that Gemma uses to her advantage in 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 the what are they called alpha primitives that can see in infrared because <laughs> everybody can see in infrared because <laughs> they love infrared uh uh, maybe maybe it has to do with uh the what do you call it like, like the fact that it's supposed to be old like yeah i guess uh, I, I guess i could buy that it's just weird this base like just you seems said. to have everything they need and it's everywhere they need to be it's very <laughs> yeah, convenient yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, a, it's a geographical oddity it's it's two hours from everywhere oh my God. Uh, <laughs> yeah so they kept the lmd may because this is so sad the line is if we can't find the real may that's all we have left of her which no, is that is like fucking what sad. the fuck does that even mean? <laughs> like, I know. So, like, are they are, like, are they planning on bringing her back? <laughs> like, I know. Like, if they can't find her, do they just bring LMD May back, and she's just their May now? Like, what the fuck? And Daisy's like, don't worry, Coulson will find her. And Coulson's real sad. He's like, oh shit, I almost had sex with a robot. Like, what oh. the fuck is my life? <laughs> yeah, no, no, and like the way he was like, I knew it wasn't. Like that, like lends credence to what you'd yeah. said before, where where he wasn't quite sure what was going on. It's like he had his doubts, so that yeah. would, I he's got to feel extra fucked up because he did have his doubts, but then he, and he still he went ended for up it. almost <laughs> falling for it and having sex with a robot, like you said. Like, he and, made out with a robot for sure. <laughs> and like the thing is, like this is this is a thing that happens and is accepted in fiction a lot, like in sci-fi. Mm-hmm. Where a character does die and comes back as a robot version of themselves because they've backed up their brain. And, like, I find that very interesting. And, like, again, to go back a little bit um, to the vision, that's in his, in the comics origin, he's not created by Tony Stark or um, uh, Dr. Cho's cradle or any infinity uh, stones. He's created, he's just created wholesale by Ultron. Uh, and Ultron was created by Hank Pym, by uh, the guy yeah. from Ant-Man, the original Ant-Man. And what made him end up having emotions and whatnot is uh, they copied the brain of a character named Wonder Man. And so like, he had the same brain engrams as Wonder Man, but had a completely different set of memories and programming and mission and whatnot. But he had the same like emotional basis of this other person. So they came from the same starting point, but then he diverged immediately, like just from from his initial creation because he had all these different things informing yeah. who he was. Uh, I, I like the idea of, of this character, like becoming a unique being, but starting off at the same point. And uh, it, it, like they had some traits in common, like they both like jazz music. And even though they had m- largely different personalities and, and ways they interacted with people and whatnot, but, and they, they treated each other and consider each other in the comics as, as brothers now. Mm-hmm. And I like I, I like that idea, and it's again something I've seen a bunch before, like in a shitty Star Trek 
episode about a guy who's directed shield jonathan frakes his character <laughs> was in a transporter accident like th- the logic of transporters in star trek is every time that you're transported they duplicate you mm-hmm. and destroy you you're yeah, you're atomized yeah and then and then other atoms are you uh, completely different atoms are used to recreate you yeah and it's it's why bones doesn't like it and, and then like and he's reintroduced <laughs> in the next generation like like he won't do it like once he's not a starfleet active officer anymore like you have to take him on shuttles he's like i did that enough fucking time i died and was reborn enough times yeah. like oh, shit gives me the heebie-jeebies i love that shit but so they had an episode where he was accidentally duplicated like he went home <laughs> on a mission and then the station was decommissioned but there was a glitch and like he popped back out in the same place he he was leaving, even though he went somewhere else. And so this, and he was stranded on a space station by himself for like years and years. And they end up finding him, recovering him. And they're like, well, which one's the real Will Riker? Like, well, they both are. <laughs> like, like, and I love that idea. Like, like, and I, yeah, I, like, I feel what like, if, what if May, like, they really did let this LMD May be may and then the real may came back it would be like this may wouldn't be the real may it would be like a divergence of the real may because it's not oh god that's so fucking complicated <laughs> it is but it's very interesting like like yeah. and, and speaking of which westworld comes back soon <laughs> oh my- <laughs> there's actually that in westworld because there's two yeah. versions of of uh of what well, not not Maeve. i can't think of her name right now the other one uh, um dolores Yes, no. uh, yeah. there's two. There's two Dolores's. There's the one that's in Tessa Thompson, and there's one in uh, the original body. Uh, what's her face? Uh, that uh, like te- that the, the fully formed Tessa Thompson one, like like rebooted an older version of herself, like made a new version of it. Like yeah. so, they're sort of they're going to explore that idea directly. I didn't even think about that until I finished my yeah, thought, but are. but so. <laughs> If if you liked our little weird fan fiction idea of May continuing on, we should all watch Westworld season three. <laughs> yes, and it's coming next year, right? I think. I think this year. I think. Oh shit! Really? I think soon. Yeah, because it's been they they weren't on at all. Twenty nineteen, they took a full year off again. Uh, like it's like yeah. a year and change between seasons. I love the way they do it. It's just because know, they I do, do too. take their time. Mm-hmm. But worth uh, it. for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, it's another. Husband, uh, wife, pair of yes. showrunners that really do a great job, I think, and work well together and put. And it's an put, Asian woman. Yeah, <laughs> no, it's it's who offer perspective that is underserved in our pop culture mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. And I think that it really shows in both these shows because they're high quality and have perspectives and and acknowledge things that we don't get in other sci-fi. <laughs> like, yeah, for sure, for sure. Um, okay, the very end scene of this episode, Ivanov dog. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what that means. I'm assuming it's supposed to be Ivanov watchdog and Radcliffe. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so Ivanov dog and Radcliffe have vodka and onions together, and we find out that Ivanov thinks the thing that is connected to all the weird alien and inhuman shit is Coulson. So he is after Coulson. He says, there is a man that is always there when this weird shit happens. And it is this man. And he shows a picture of Coulson, like where they found Thor's hammer in New Mexico. Right. <laughs> and My so, problem with that is correlation does not indicate causation. He, I know. He wasn't in is... New Mexico until after 
doctor. His job <laughs> is, is to investigate weird shit, dude. Like, come this on. This is such a stupid, weird motivation. I hate it so much. It's so. I do, I do get like the cons- the idea that there could be a conspiracy theory thing about it, but. I wouldn't want it to be someone who has this guy's resources because I would think that he'd also, be able to figure shit out. You know, you exactly. Know what I mean? Someone with this resource, these this amount of resources, should be able to figure out that he is not the cause. Like it's the Cree. <laughs> like go after the Cree. Like oh wait, oh oh yeah, oh some of this shit started years before he had anything to do with it, and he just started at the later. beginning of human life and humans. Yeah, Coulson was there, sure. <laughs> or like if you do any sort of research with the inhuman shit, I would think that you fig- figure out about. Uh, the you know uh Haven or whatever Heaven their 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 hidden city like mm-hmm. you'd figure that shit out right like mm-hmm. like like right. like you'd see that oh this all predates his involvement by centuries <laughs> like God, I don't it's know. so dumb it's such a dumb motivation it drives me nuts if it was a if it was if it was Mel Gibson in the movie Conspiracy Theory just like <laughs> like in a in an apartment in New York City with like with like a a cork board and yarn and, and shit being like this and that yeah. oh I'm gonna get him like like. I would love that storyline. Like that makes perfect fucking sense. Why that? Why a character like that who just know sees Colson in the background would have that crazy crackpot correlation? Yeah, but, but this if you guy have, is informed of yeah. If you have access to drone planes and robots and shit, if you're hacked into robots and you who are in the Shield system, I don't understand why he just doesn't have access to Shield shit. Like, I know. Why doesn't he right? just know everything about Colson? It's like, oh, clearly he's a victim of this, yeah. not the cause. I mean, yeah. it. it, it uh, it's it, everything about this guy. I'm definitely holding some shit against the actor, <laughs> but mm-hmm. I feel like everything about this character is is the weak link of like this it, and it, the next season. You know? It like, really is, and I think we talked about this off pod. But he's like this villain that's not the real villain. Like Radcliffe and Ada are the villains of this part of the season. Well, the, actually, essentially the rest of the season, and he's just kind of this. I don't know, red herring, I kind of want to say. <laughs> like, he's not, he's a villain, but he's not, like, the real focus. So, I guess. He's the, much of a tool as anything. Yeah, yeah. And he serves his purpose and becomes a head in a jar, but that's a whole other, we'll get to that in a couple episodes, I guess. <laughs> anyway, Rad, so Ivanov's like, dude, this guy is dead, but he is everywhere. And Radcliffe's like, oh, he is very much not dead, and I will help you. So, they're going to go get Coulson. So, now they're after Coulson. May is a robot. They don't know where she is. Everything has gone to shit. Coulson is like, I tried to have sex with a robot. <laughs> Radcliffe is going off the deep end and he's going very, down a very dark path, helping the Russians. I don't know. It's getting weird. <laughs> it is. It's, uh, yeah. All the robot references. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad. I'm very glad the Canics are back because we went a very long time without them being in the picture. And now we get all of them except for Eric. I feel like we're not going to get him in the final season, just abbreviated, which kind of bummed me out because I wish yeah. we get one more turn from them. Um, the only other thing that I feel like uh, I would mention would be the kind of quasi comic connection. It feels like maybe they pulled from Shield because I think that the thing that I'm thinking of happened. Let me see. Oh, no, it, it happened right before this. Huh. Maybe it was somewhat in conjunction with it, but there's a shield facility uh, with a fake town called Pleasant Hill, where they, uh, where Maria Hill was the mayor and whatnot, and they uh, <laughs> they wiped the minds of supervillain inmates. So instead of having them all in supervillain prison, they were just the regular citizens of like a fake Mayberry, and huh, and they all just like like whatever the, uh, Dr. Hyde, you know, ran the pharmacy or whatever. Like, like, <laughs> <laughs> and and uh, Maria Hill was their mayor, and 
uh, it was in a facility that was in a fake fake town called Pleasant Hill. I think in the comics it's in Connecticut, but uh, the labyrinth when they they mentioned briefly is in Pleasant Hill, which all the Shield Wikias and whatnot presume is the actual Pleasant Hill in California, since they shoot here and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so which is just a real town, <laughs> and it isn't a fake town in Connecticut. Uh, so yeah. <laughs> interesting and and oh um it's not a comics connection but just uh i'm a big fan of lt koenig uh the actor who plays lt koenig is artemis pebdani and she's awesome like she's great in a bunch of stuff i know her i think primarily from it's always sunny in philadelphia mm-hmm. where she plays a character named artemis who is yes. the craziest person <laughs> who, who has an on again off again uh a purely carnal affair with dana devito's character involving food usually so I highly recommend that show. <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad you brought her. I'm glad you brought her up because they don't have individual Wikipedia pages for these episodes until like much later in the season. So I was like, oh, I can't remember what this actress's name is. So thank you for bringing that up. Oh, no, she's really I, I, I'm just a big fan of her. I'm glad, yeah. I, I'm glad I remembered, too, because occasionally, uh, you know, there's so many people in every episode and so oh, much going on. Like there's definitely stuff that I we i think each forget that we'd like to mention it from time to time and no she's she's just really she's always funny whenever she's in comedy stuff and that that seems to be primarily what she is known for but she also like had a big role i think on um scandal uh for a little while and i said like she had recurring role on house uh and she did i think so or no, 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 House of Lies. That's it. Oh, okay. No, 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 like... no, no, actually, it was. Uh, she didn't have a recurring role, but her first roles were Shield, Ugly Betty, and House. Interesting. She's probably somebody who was dying from something on House, <laughs> 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 or related to them. You know, you know what I mean. Like, like, like that's right. like it, 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 House is one I haven't rewatched, but I feel like it's it would be like a little bit like Shield or like a Law and Order CSI mm-hmm. show, where like if you rewatched it because they do have different, completely different people coming in for the, the cases every week. Yeah. Like I imagine, I, I, I imagine that it's much like just every actor you could think of, like, cause just oh, now sure. thinking about it, like, Oh wait, I remember one where uh journey Smollett from, uh, from birds of prey oh, yeah. was there with, cause I remember cause it was notable to me cause it was, she was there with a former Disney channel star. It was like the first thing he did. They were a young couple who were coming in. I think, I think he was sick, but he was played by Raviv Allman, who was known as Ricky Allman when he was the star of Phil to the Future on the Disney Channel, yeah. <laughs> which I knew because I nannied for kids uh, who watched that. And but I was like, wait, what? But his, yeah, his, he's Israeli and his real name is Raviv and <laughs> uh, Disney yeah. whitened him up, <laughs> made him go by Ricky. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I didn't realize I didn't realize Artemis Pepdani was Iranian. That's cool. Yeah, I think I think her parents are immigrants. Yeah, uh, she was uh, she's Iranian and she was born and raised in Texas, <laughs> which I find very interesting. <laughs> I think I knew I think I knew that she was uh, she was from Texas and that she and that uh, she was from immigrants. But I didn't I did not yeah. know that she was yeah, Iranian. That's very cool. From, her parents are from Iran. No, very she's cool. awesome and like I I I I'm positive that people who watch the show and will who see it will recognize her from guest appearances and stuff because she's been in a ton oh, yeah. of things. Like, I I, I kind of wish she'd get more regular work just because she is really talented and really funny. And uh, hope to see her in the next seasons of It's Always Sunny because she's always good whenever <laughs> she does appear there. 
Oh man, there's so many like TV actors that just make these like random appearances and they're so good and I want them to be in everything. Like I do feel like there's more opportunity now than ever before, like with all the oh, streaming services and absolutely. everything. Absolutely. Yeah. And you do like it's weird because sometimes I get really excited when I see like a, a great film actor who like ends up being on one of these shows, but then also occasionally I'll feel like, oh wait, maybe that should have gone to someone like yeah. or someone who works primarily in, in television already and is just as good like like uh-huh. it's it's weird i feel like for a very long time through through like the 80s and 90s there was a separation between film and television actors probably yeah. was, and probably predates it probably probably before that i just have no frame of reference but like where you were you were big and you you were at a certain level of prestige and you never went back to TV. You know, like yeah. Tom Cruise started off on Bosom Buddies, but uh, but he didn't do TV again. You know, because he's yeah. a huge movie star. But it's like now it would not be crazy for him to be the star of a Netflix show or a Disney Plus show or an Amazon, Amazon show. You wouldn't blink. Yeah. You wouldn't you wouldn't blink twice because the biggest names in the world are on the, these shows. And I feel like it's it, it maybe started with HBO. And now, like, and then streaming, like, I feel like Showtime as well. Show, yeah, I feel like Showtime and HBO kind of started that because I think of like, so The Sopranos, obviously. Yeah. Um, what else? Dexter. I'm trying to think what was like kind of pre streaming. Breaking Bad kind of was like a little bit pre streaming too. Yeah. Oh, that I was mean, AMC, and, right? Yeah. And uh, even like Walking Dead. No, yeah, th- those are AMC. FX yeah. is another one for sure yeah, that like has tuck, big names yeah. I, I mean and and they and the names got bigger and bigger like you know yeah. now i think one of the ones that was on for one season on fx a year and a half ago or so was uh what's his face um why can't i think of his name uh venom <laughs> mad max <laughs> oh tom hardy yeah tom hardy yeah. had like yeah. a a basic cable show you know yeah. it's like you you wouldn't have thought someone with his kind of like big name, big movie pull would be on a show like that, you know, 20 yeah. years ago. Like it's, I think it would have been unheard of. And it's kind of yeah. cool that it's super commonplace now. Like there are no real lines between that. And I, I wish that. Well, I think to us, there are no real lines. I feel like people like Martin Scorsese feels like there are lines. <laughs> I mean, to be said, to, well, to be said, to, or to be fair, Martin Scorsese, you know, like uh, also though, he will know he did something on Netflix, you know, yeah. like, like which whereas before I think he'd said stuff where he wouldn't like do, do things like that. Services, yeah, yeah. So, so even those guys are willing to change and I know what you're saying, but yeah. to be fair to, uh, what was it? Uh, speaking of Martin Scorsese, uh, <laughs> that's somebody pointed out, uh, I saw recently, like with his all the shit he's been, you know, giving uh, superhero stuff and whatnot. We're like, oh hey, do you think uh, Shark Tale is real art? You were in the movie Shark Tale, <laughs> like a, you, in the movie Shark Tale. Gotcha. Like, is, that, is, is that great? Is that art? And yeah. I, I thought that was a, a good point. Uh, <laughs> um, speaking of Martin Scorsese, uh, I saw Parasite with my stepmom, who is Korean, last night. By the time this comes out, this will have been like three weeks ago or four weeks ago. But very good. It's a very stressful film if you have not seen it. (laughs) It's very good, though. Uh, Absolutely deserves all its accolades. And I love that um, uh, the director, or at least 
the director said a quote of his or something like that during the Oscars. I'm trying to remember what the quote was. Uh, let me look it up. Shit, where is it? It just keeps saying, oh, he did a quote from Martin Scorsese. <laughs> anyway, there was a joke going around on Twitter because um, uh, Bong Joon-ho mentioned in an interview somewhere that like, oh, this local award show talking about the Oscars <laughs> and how he was just like, eh, whatever. And then he ends up winning and they were joking that the trans, like he was saying like a bunch of shit in Korean about how like, oh yeah, this is bullshit, whatever. Thanks for your accolades from your local award show. And the translator decided to turn it into like a, a really like reverent quote from Martin Scorsese about art and all this stuff. And it was just really funny to me. <laughs> I think I found it. He says, uh, after winning Best International Feature, I thought I was done for the day and was, uh, he said, upon receiving the award. Thank you so much. When I was young and studying cinema, there was a saying that I carved deep in my heart, which is that the most personal is the most creative. Yeah. And that was uh, Martin, Martin Scorsese quote. Yeah. Um, but yeah, people were joking that the translator was just like making shit up because they didn't want to say something that was offensive to <laughs> all the Americans in the room. <laughs> <laughs> So Quick, uh, covered by praising Martin Scorsese, <laughs> who's a really great filmmaker. What what can we can we use? It, I mean, that does sound like some bullshit the Academy would pull. Well, like, also, I saw something. I don't know if this is true or not, but I saw a tweet came out. I put this on my Instagram. If you follow me on Instagram, um, uh, I guess Harvey Weinstein, like uh, when um, uh, Bong was doing. Uh, Snowpiercer there was like a scene in there about like a fisherman or whatever and it was kind of a slow scene and Harvey Weinstein wanted cut because he was the producer and he lied and said that his father was a fisherman and so that's the scene had like a lot of emotional meaning to him so he wanted to keep it in and so Harvey Weinstein (laughs) let him keep it in but it was totally a lie he's like yeah my father wasn't a fisherman I just just made that up so he would let me keep it in I love that. That's... I love how much shade he just like throws at all these Hollywood giants. It just makes me so happy. <laughs> no, I, that's the best thing. <laughs> so good. So anyway, go see Parasite. It's excellent. Snowpiercer is also excellent. And there's a connection because Chris Evans is in Snowpiercer, Captain America. So go see it. <laughs> it's it is on Netflix, ri- I think. That I, I, I think it must be or on something because people have been talking about it a lot. Like, like it's clearly available to a large number of people. I remember watching that, I think right after it came out on streaming and uh, like originally. So it was, yeah, like it was before I moved. So it was like over four years ago, I guess at this point. Yeah. But, uh, I remember watching it and like really enjoying it. And, and like, it's not, uh, not an uplifting movie. (laughs) It has a very interesting cast too. Like, um, what's her name? Octavia Spencer is in it too, I believe. And right. It's like, Spencer. I think so. I think that's right. It's been so long since I've seen it. But I I remember it it being like a a very eclectic. Oh, yeah. Tilda Swinton Swinton is in it. Uh, Yeah, Octavia Spencer is in it. It's like. Yeah, and and John Hurt. Ed Ed uh, Harris is in it too. (laughs) Yeah, Allison Pill. Yeah. Uh, Song Kang Ho is in it. He's in a. He's in. uh, Parasite too, but he's in like uh, Train to Busan as well. Like he's a really Korean actor. I really like him. He plays a kind of an interesting character in Train to Busan. But yeah, yeah it's got a, it's got a really good cast for sure, and just like huge. Like it's like yeah. a lot of shit happens on that train. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, for sure. Yeah. I 
I definitely I've not been seeing as much as I would like in the theater, but I I need to see Parasite at some point, either you know streaming or whatnot, and looking forward to it a great deal. Like I've only yeah. I've only heard good things and was interested in it before uh, the Oscar win, but it yeah, was same. that that felt like a very awesome victory. <laughs> well, I like, know <laughs> when, when it's very easy so. to not give a shit about Oscars. It was cool to see uh, people win who it seemed like just really deserve it and just who really appreciate it you know and and yeah and are uh and enjoying the ability to share it with with new audiences i think and i don't yeah. know it feels Dude, well it was, well deserved yeah it was really cool too because me and my stepmom went to a theater that's um in an area in southern california that there's a lot of korean people that live there and so this theater I, the the showing was sold out and it's february this movie came out in the u.s what like september august like yeah, it's been quite a while. while ago yeah and i mean this movie's been out since like march i think in internationally so but this theater was packed and then like almost everybody in there was korean and everybody's like laughing because obviously like a lot of people in the theater could understand korean so they like didn't need to read the subtitles and people were like laughing at shit and my stepmom was because she can understand korean and read korean and she was telling me she's like oh no that subtitle was incorrect like they didn't say that but it's still funny like <laughs> she's like they made it very very americanized like uh for for the american audiences that's super but, funny yeah and she's just telling me all these little things that probably like i wouldn't have noticed because i'm american i'm not korean um well i'm not korean anyway but even a, like a, a korean american may, maybe wouldn't notice because they're not from korea she's like i don't know just pointing all these little things out to me it was it was cool i was like see this is great that a movie like this is winning an award and it's like opening up different storytelling and different stories and different storytellers to like just everybody i don't know it's we need more no, i think it's also, that's fantastic this movie starts off one way and it takes a fucking weird ass turn <laughs> that i don't think i've ever seen in an american movie like it it's i don't want to say it's like horror ish but it is horror ish <laughs> like i'll just put it that way <laughs> like it, something starts happening and you're just like what the fuck is going on now like this is not what i thought it was going to be it's great it's really good Go see it. <laughs> anyway, I, I'm I'm definitely I was already interested in it, but that's a, a, a ringing endorsement. Yeah. Um. All right. I think we should end here. Sure. Before we keep going down other. Oh yeah, we could talk about any. <laughs> we could have any number of. Things Actually, our editor in chief of But Why Though is very into Korean cinema and Korean dramas and things like that, and I think she posted a thread on her Twitter. Um, her Twitter is Oh My Myth Randier. Um, she posted a thread of all her favorite Korean films that you should watch, and definitely go check check that out because I trust her opinion in film and cinema. <laughs> all right, where can people find you? I can be found at I Snow Nothing. Where can people find you? Uh, you can find me at Space Jess with four S's in the Jess. You can find this podcast at Project Tahiti on Twitter. You can send us an email at projecttahitipod at gmail.com. We are on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, Podbean. And then if you're a browser listener, you can go to Podbean or you can go to butwhythopodcast.com and listen to us there. We do have an embed on our page on, on that site. Uh, thank you all so much for listening to Project Tahiti. It's a magical place. Catch you later. Bye. Thank you.